And hello and welcome to the Friendly City Insider, your inside look at issues and events in the city of Moose Jaw from the perspective of City Hall. I'm City Communications Manager Craig Hemingway, and coming up on this episode is Moose Jaw on the cusp of some major economic developments in 2018. We'll find out with our city's economic development officer, Jim Dixon. We'll also tell you more about the city's free tree program. If you're in a new subdivision, we'll give you free trees to aid the aesthetics of your property and enhance our city's urban forest. And you might be surprised at the variety of trees available. City Parks Gardner Sierra Regent will also join us in a bit. Before we get there, we did want to update you on a couple of community engagement programs that are underway. First of which is the telephone survey on curbside waste collection. As we have detailed, Insitrix Research is doing a random telephone survey of residents that both switched to curbside last August and residents that have yet to transition. City Council will use the survey results to help make their decision on whether or not to expand the curbside program into zones 5 through 8. Now we'd like to answer a few questions we've received from residents about the survey, including how will I know it's in Citrix calling? Well, it will not say in Citrix on your call display, but it will be a long distance number with a 306 area code. And the only questions they will ask will be related to waste collection in the city of Moose Jaw. If somebody calls you from a strange number and start asking questions about something else, especially your personal information, it is not our survey. And another question is related to cell phones. And Incitrix tells us that yes, they will be calling some cell numbers as part of the survey, understanding that more and more people are giving up their landlines. Calls are expected to begin by February 5th and the final report is due in early March, at which point City Council will review and take into consideration when making a decision on the future of curbside. The City is also looking for your input into the potential of marijuana retail licenses in Moose Jaw and we'll tell you more about that after our first guest. Jim Dixon is the City of Moose Jaw's Economic Development Officer and we wanted to speak with him about a pair of recent decisions by Council that look to impact both the short and long-term economic future of the City. One is a new lease agreement between the City and the Moose Jaw Exhibition Company and the other is the City selling some land to Sask Energy in the Southeast Industrial Park. We began our discussion with the Exhibition Company lease agreement and what that means to the potential development of a new Canadian tire store along Thatcher Drive East. Now Jim, firstly it's important to recognize the value and impact the Exhibition Company has had and continues to have on the local economy. The Moose Exhibition Company provide a, a fantastic uh, service to the city. Uh, they manage the, the exhibition grounds, of course, uh, that's their purview. Uh, and they, they attract a lot of events for a lot of years in, into our city. And it's a, it's a good, excellent economic driver. So uh, we have a great partnership with them, obviously. They, they provide a, a great service for the city. They manage a, a big hunk of property there. Uh, they've determined in the, in the last little bit, uh, and it was really precipitated by a, an offer uh, to purchase property there uh, by a Canadian tire company that want to relocate. And the exhibition company, and, and as a good par partner of the city and seeing, recognizing the importance of a, of a development of that nature, ha have agreed that they have excess land there and, and that they would uh, want to uh, give it up uh, sell it, and, and basically allow for the development to take place. So 
the lease agreement with the, the exhibition company is a long term. Uh, it was coming up for renewal in 2018. And so this was a good opportunity uh, with this proposed development to uh, look at that now. And, and fortunately, everything's worked great. Uh, and we uh, it's basically cleared the way for the, um, the Canadian Tire development to, to move forward. Where are we now? We say we've cleared the way. Do we have any sense on, on where this uh, Canadian Tire project sits? Right. So now the land that's been uh, made available and uh, Canadian Tire will purchase is, meets their needs. It also meets the needs of the exhibition company. So uh, that is a win-win situation. Uh, basically, the, the development agreement and, and finalizing the land sale uh, is what is next. And that uh, takes some time, but uh, we're, we're, uh, it's a priority, top priority with the city. We're very anxious to have the development go ahead. We want to make sure that we're doing all we can to ensure that uh, things happen as, as, as quickly as possible, but at the same time doing our due diligence and making sure that uh, everybody's needs are met. So uh, really the next uh, stage is finalizing that uh, sale of, of property and then uh, the, the development agreement, which is critical in all projects, and uh, then Canadian Tire hopefully in the ground sometime in 2018. You know, uh, it almost feels like 2018, the, the slogan uh, for the city of Moose Jaw could be on the cusp, because here we are, we seem to be on the cusp of, of, of so many positive things related to economic development in the Canadian Tire, uh, just one of those. Uh, and the other decision uh, that we were alluding to earlier in terms of potential for the future uh, was the city agreeing to sell a parcel of land to Sask Energy uh, for the creation of a town border station. Uh, now, this wouldn't start till at least, you know, 2019, but it does appear Sask Energy sees a, a need, a future need, for more customers to serve uh, in the south southeast portion of the city of Moose Jaw. Is that what we can glean from that deal? Yeah, it's a, it's an exciting project. They <clears throat> recognize the importance of uh, serving their customers, of course, and, and the city uh, wants that as well. So there's a, it's kind of twofold. There's the serving the, the increasing demand from the consumers, customers, uh, regular citizens that use that, as well as the industrial park, which we're trying to develop. And there would be users within that park uh, that would certainly benefit from that and so part of investment attraction is being investment ready and, and certainly having the infrastructure there in terms of energy and, and power and, and water and all those things is, is really critical so this would really add to that uh, that whole uh, investment readiness and where we're at in terms of being able to attract uh, industry to that industrial park. Through your experience, uh, how important is that from, from businesses looking to either relocate or create something new when they come to uh, a municipality uh, and they say, we'd like to be operational within a year or two, that then must mean it's so important to have that infrastructure in place because if it's not in place, we say, well, I can't be ready for four years. Well, immediately that deal goes away, right? It's a critical piece because if you are ready and you're you're out there promoting, we're we're always promoting the Musha advantage and and why business industry would want to locate here. And so if if we have the infrastructure in place, it makes it easy for them. There's no delays and and they can get going because once they make decisions, uh, companies, businesses, industry, they they want to be able to act. And and uh, fortunately, uh, we're in a position with this project, the town border station that. 
that would contribute to that ability to be ready and investment ready. And something else uh, that we've heard about for some time now, uh, on the cusp of uh, having a solar farm uh, created here in the city of Moose John area around the Hamilton Flats area. Where are we with that project? Yeah, that's uh, again a very exciting project. It's it's starting to get an adventure into areas that that we haven't been in into in the past. Uh, alternate energy opportunities and and really a sector strategy around that. So very exciting project because number one, it's it's kind of new to the to the city and the region and really our, our province. So uh, it's a partnership of uh, AgriCorps and and Maxon joint venture. Also, as Poly would have maybe something to do with it as well yeah. uh, and a 10 megawatt solar farm and it's proposed it would be the largest urban solar farm in all of Canada uh, it's a SAS power initiative they've uh, called and I had initiated an RFP on it there's been a response by the the company here that I mentioned the joint venture and so we're hoping for an answer here over the next uh, this quarter hopefully and, and that would be very exciting because it's uh, something that uh, again you look at our assets and and what makes Mooshja strong and in, in terms of investment our hours of sunlight is is huge uh, of course wind is another aspect that is is something that could be considered so we're we're really in a great spot uh, the proposal of, of land would be land that isn't really usable for development in the flood fringe so it, it's really a, a great exciting project for the city our thanks to Jim Dixon, and if you have questions for our Economic Development Officer, you can call his office, 693-7332, or email jdixon at moosejaw.ca. Now, speaking of new business, the potential does exist for two new businesses to set up shop in Moose Jaw, selling marijuana. As we're sure you've heard by now, the federal government has targeted July 1st of this year as the date that marijuana will become a legally permitted drug in Canada, and the provincial government has said that 60 permits to sell cannabis will be made available across the province, though municipalities may opt out of the initiative. Now, a lot of unknowns at this point, but we do know the city of Moose Jaw has the option of receiving two of those retail licenses, and the matter will be discussed at the next regular meeting of City Council, Monday, February 12th, 5.30 in Council Chambers. Anyone wanting to make their opinion known on this subject, you're requested to submit a letter to the City Clerk's Office. You can email cclerk at moosejaw.ca and do that by 5 o'clock Monday, February 5th so members of council can give careful consideration to the matter in advance of the meeting. And if you want to address council in person at that February 12th meeting, you need to alert the clerk's office by 10 a.m. on Monday, February 12th. Now, on to a different greenery-related matter expanding our urban forest. The city of Moose Jaw is once again trying to populate new subdivisions with free trees. How does it work? How will a variety of trees reduce insect infestation? To answer those questions and more, we're joined by City Parks Gardener Sarah Regent. And Sarah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, you're welcome. It's good to be on the podcast. Well, thanks for thanks for coming here. I did want to talk about a program that uh, oh, a little over ten years ago, uh, our family got to take advantage of, and that is the the free trees for subdivisions. And now is the time if you're in a newer subdivision in Moose Jaw to get your orders in for those trees, so that when the time comes, planting season arrives, you're ready to go, right? Yeah, that's right. So our deadline this year is actually February 9th. So it is coming up. That's a Friday. Um, and so we have that deadline to get in your tree order. 
and that's so we have a bit of time to make sure that we can actually get the kinds of trees that everybody wants. We do have 15 different kinds of trees people can pick and that um, goes to having species diversity in our city. So if we have a lot of different kinds of trees, it adds a lot of interest and it also helps protect against um, diseases and insects coming through and destroying all the trees because usually they're fairly specific. Um, so yeah, we have this great program. Uh, quite a few people actually take advantage of it. Of course, we'd always like to see more. And just for clarification, this year the new subdivisions that are eligible for trees are Iron Bridge, West Park, and West Heath. Okay. Covered a few things there, and I want to go back to what you just mentioned about the diversity of trees. Uh, some people may, may think that, well, okay, it's going. there's only because we want conformity and consistency that there's only going to be maybe one or two allowed and majority rules and that block can only have this sort of tree. But what you're saying is there could be 15 different trees on a block? Yeah, there could be. And um, that, it adds a lot of interest and it, it really, like I said, helps with disease resistance and also things like climate change resistance, drought resistance, all that fun stuff too all comes down to species diversity. Um, that's why we see problems with like Dutch elm disease, how we have quite a few problems um, here and they've had a lot out east where all the elms were wiped out because it was just solid elms. And so to prevent that, because you never know what the next disease is going to be or what the disease is going to be in 30 or 40 years, we like to have a good diversity of trees everywhere. And so we can get up to two trees per property? Yeah, and it, it depends on the size of the property and what's there. You do have to have quite a bit of space for a tree to grow um, because while the trees you get now are small, they're um, around that seven foot high range and they're only, you know, maybe three feet wide, they get big. Um, some of our trees can get up to 40 feet wide, so you need to account for that when you're planting them. And so that's something that when you apply, we do check. We take a look at, you know, are there driveways, are there sidewalks? how wide is the lot, how much plantable area is there, and what kind of trees have you requested? Because with smaller trees, perhaps you could maybe fit two, whereas if you picked a larger tree, only one. And so we take that all into account for you and we let you know. And that way we avoid overplanting situations. And if we want any more information, again, it's all on the website, moosejaw.ca. And uh, the free trees program, the application deadline is February 9th. Just you can call the Parks and Rec office as well and ask for Sarah and they get the details you need there. So I mentioned we're here, we are middle of winter and uh, not much in the way of gardening going on. But we do need to remind residents that now is the time to be pruning your trees, right? Yes, um, winter is actually the best time to prune most trees. Um, they're, one, it's just easier on you because there's no leaves, so it's a lot easier to handle pruning them. And it also makes sure that you can prune them and they have time to heal right from the very first warm day of spring. They can start healing right away and they have all their nutrients already absorbed into the wood and the roots, so you are losing less nutrients from the tree by pruning in winter because you're not removing all that energy it's put into the leaves. And it's um, a good time because it's very easy to see the structure of your tree or your shrub. So it's a little easier to see where you might have rubbing branches or branches with diseases like black knot. It's really easy to see those and get rid of those now. Let's stick with trees and talk about some trees in our city that may be dying off. What is the process of, of, of tree replacement and then and whose responsibility is it for that process to happen? With any city-owned trees, so anything in parks or on boulevards, um, which there are boulevards on every street, if we have a tree that needs removed from there, because it's a, the city will remove it, uh, clean it all up, and then we will offer 
the homeowner that's closest to that tree a free replacement tree, very similar to the trees for new subdivisions. Um, so we'll let them have a pick of trees as well. Uh, sometimes we'll offer a little bit of guidance, um, just in terms of the space, and sometimes with older neighborhoods, uh, you have a lot of trees already existing and, and sidewalks and that kind of thing to consider. But yeah, we, we definitely do want to replace trees. Um, otherwise, all these trees in the older neighborhoods are roughly the same age. And so if we're not replacing trees, they'll soon have no trees. So definitely if you notice anything, um, a tree looks like it's really in decline or has some sort of disease or something, let us know and that way we can inspect it and we can take a look and decide if, you know, a little bit of, of pruning and watching, we can maybe restore that tree and get another 10 years out of it or maybe it is time for that tree to go, in which case um, we'll take it out and then we'll put a new one in to keep the number of trees about the same. Okay, with Sarah Region, our parks gardener here at the city. Uh, not too much else to add, I suppose. Again, it's really all gearing up for for springtime and some of the programs that will return through spring, summer, and and fall. Uh, and, and keeping on the tree theme, you know, the last couple of years you've done tree identification. We can assume that that's something that will come back again to get us even more familiar with what trees do exist in our city. Yeah, so we do have a tree ID workshop planned for May. And so you can check out the winter spring rec guide for that. And we have a couple of other gardening programs happening this spring, as well as a composting program. Awesome. Well, we look forward to having you again on the, the podcast uh, soon to talk about that. I know once we start hitting that springtime, it's going to be a, uh, the whole theme of gardening and community cleanup and, and, and all those related things. And, and composting plays a huge role in that and could be playing a bigger role in our city uh, and the role it plays in, in, in waste in our city as well down the road. Of course, it's all linked together. Uh, so Sarah Regent, Parks Gardener, thanks for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. That almost does it for this week's episode, but before we go, have to say a quick way to go to our Parks and Rec crews here in Moose Jaw for creating and doing a bang-up job of the new Croca Curl Rink at Elgin Park. Just the third in the province, and yes, it is a combination of crokinole and curling. And we encourage you, your family, co-workers, it's a great uh, staff party, anyone to book some time and play Croca Curl. You can find all the details on how to play, how to book, and more at the website, moosejaw.ca. And on that note, that ends another edition of the Friendly City Insider podcast, which, by the way, you can now get through iTunes or on Android through your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. I'm Craig Hemingway. <laughs>